Hello, everyone, and welcome to Marvelous Movie Mondays with Kelsey and Dill. I am one half of that Kelsey and Dill. I am Dill. I'm the other half, Kelsey. That would make sense. Um, welcome to the show. Uh, we're we're a lot episodes deep of this podcast. We're four episodes deep of Falcon Winter Soldier. Uh, we're already in April. We are so grateful for all our uh, fans who've been listening, uh, both on YouTube and on audio. Just a special th- shout out to you all because we kind of forget to thank you all sometimes. Uh, Kelsey, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Dill. I had a very relaxing Monday morning so far. That's very nice. <laughs> um, yeah. Going. Um, so <laughs> we have our news, uh, which we'll get to. I know I have big news, and you also have big news because we we kind of know the news is big this week. This is a big Marvel week of news. Uh, nothing crazy. No no release date changes. Nothing crazy like that. Uh, it, it's fun news. Uh, so Kelsey, do you want to get us started? Do you want me to start? Sure. You seem very excited about your news, so I'll let you go second. Okay. I'm just here to talk to everyone about the second official Loki trailer we got for our Loki yeah. series that's dropping June 11th. Is that the date? I don't know. I'll, I'll look it up while you tell us about Yeah, the fact check me on that. I could totally just be making that up out of my behind. June 11th, 2021. You were amazing. Wow. Look at that lucky, speedy, speedy Google check. I'm proud lucky of Lucky pluck. That was great, Dale. <laughs> so... We start off our second trailer with a 2012 Loki getting what looks like he looks like he's getting captured by someone with the Tesseract. So we know that the series is going to start off right where we left off with him in Endgame when he vanished with the Tesseract when they were back in 2012. He's with this organization called the TVA. Um, We just know that they're these, you know, this some sort of time. They deal with time, you know, they try to keep it as regular as possible. So he has to deal a lot with them. Um, He has to, there's this one clip of him having to verify everything that he's ever said. And he says, this is a stack of papers. Exactly. And he adds one more to the pile by saying, this is absurd. And we find out we, it's really quickly, but they give us a shot of that paper that the guy in the desk slaps down. And we find out that this is Loki variant 1130 so this is the 1130th loki that is apparently in this uh multiverse or at least that's how i'm interpret uh, interpreting the number there um and we find out from owen wilson tom hiddleston's scene partner i'm not sure what his character's name is yet but i just know him as uh exactly the wow guy um we find out that Loki has broken reality and that the TVA need his help uh, kind of fixing it and putting it back together. We see there's kind of this diagram of this mainstream timeline with all the branches getting um, split off like the ancient one explained to uh, Bruce Banner in Endgame. So we know that Loki has caused this to happen by taking the Tesseract and going rogue with it. We see shots of a hooded figure Excuse me. My lemon ginger tea is getting to me. Um, We see shots of this hooded figure who seems to be the villain throughout the series. So we uh, maybe we'll find out who that is um, when the time comes. And then we just get really quick shots of Loki and Asgard. Loki and what looks like to me the Kamar Taj, the place where Doctor Strange goes um, to learn the mystic arts. Um, 
And then we see a shot of a Loki who seems to be running for president. He has a vote for Loki uh, pin on his suit. So maybe we'll get President Loki. Who knows? And But the shot that seems to be the thing that the entire fandom is talking about is a very, very, very quick shot of Loki talking to this redheaded woman who is in a black jumpsuit who the fandom is speculating to be Natasha Romanoff. They seem to be on this purplish planet, could be Vormir. Um, Maybe she's stuck there. Maybe, uh, you know, Loki has stumbled upon a 2012 Natasha some way, somehow. Maybe it's not Natasha at all. But a lot of good things it looks like coming. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was, that was a series. Yeah, that was a great breakdown of the trailer. I mean, it is it's one of those trailers that like you kind of know what the show's about, but you really have no clue what the show's about. It's more WandaVision than Falcon yeah. Soldier, you know. Absolutely. You're, you're, you're very much. It's very skeptical, um, and I like that. I like kind of going back to that whole like, oh, what's going on type story because here it's like very clean cut, you know, Falcon Winter Soldier. Sure. Was, you know, Loki. It, it's you know, this is another Loki that we haven't seen this Loki since the Avengers because this is not the Loki that's gone through the Dark World. Or yeah, gone no. Through, uh, Ragnarok or gone through um, Infinity War, obviously mm-hmm. where he dies. So it's going to be really interesting to see like Tom Hiddleston go back to like the old Loki that we love to hate rather than love to love. You know, right. But I will say, though, I was thinking about this today while I was watching this episode of The Falcon and Winter Soldier was that they really did a good job of hiding the reveal of John Walker to us because they really only show us, you know, them kind of working together, doing the fight scenes together. And then we see shots of them in the trailer with the shield. So we thought that that it was always just going to be like Sam with the shield and him becoming Mm -hmm. the next cap. But bam, they threw this threw us this curveball so well and we'll talk about that later because i think yeah because we saw those shots of the shield we knew that eventually they would have the shield so what was the point of these past few episodes if it's just going to end up back in sam's hands which makes me think one of two things either it's not going to be sam's shield and it's going to be really bucky's shield and he's going to take on the role now and sam's also helping him out or it was stuff that they made for a trailer specifically to throw us off because they've done that in the past they have had like whole running with Hulk was running with the Avengers in the Infinity War trailer. And as we know, in Infinity War, Hulk was not seen after the first 10 minutes. It was Bruce mm-hmm. in the Hulk Buster armor. Mm-hmm. So this could be a red herring. I don't know. We haven't seen any of that footage from the trailer. I know exactly what footage you're talking about with him in like the tree where he throws yeah. into the tree. Yep. All that stuff we assume might be coming in the last two episodes. But again, like how much more do we have to talk about? And like how much more is there to do in the last two episodes? Like, do we have time to go back to the whole like, softer character building storyline with the shield and stuff so it'll be interesting now after this episode especially to see how the shield ends up but we'll get there in a sec let me talk about my news for a sec yeah lay it on me dill it is fun so uh everyone who knows me uh really well knows that i am a theme park junkie i love theme parks i love going to you know the thrill ride parks like six flags and stuff and i like the you know the world I don't know how to say it. The, the Disney's, you know, the the immersive character and food and rides and all that stuff. So I'm a big Disney fanatic, Disney World. Uh, I have been to Disneyland once, uh, but I plan on going again because. When did you go to Disneyland? When I was ten years old. Oh, I didn't know that. Fun yeah, fact. It was for my for my tenth birthday. We went to California because I I said for my tenth birthday I wanted to see. 
Hollywood. And okay. I didn't know all things that would come with Hollywood, uh, aka like <laughs> the sleazy parts of different areas of the city. Yeah. But you know, I did see the walk. I saw the the, the handprints. Oh, I saw the Chinese theater. I saw all the people who pretended to be celebrities dressed in front of the Chinese theater. And I took my pictures with all of them thinking they were real, of course. You know, that's Antonio Banderas. No, it's not Dylan. Mm. I don't care. I'm taking my picture with him anyway. Um, yeah, and then we went to Disneyland. Uh, so I have been, but it's obviously gotten a makeover. You know, Galaxy's Edge is there now, too, with Star Wars. They they changed the Tower of Terror to a Guardians of the Galaxy ride there. Um, the Cars Land is there. So I haven't been in, in 12, 13 years. Um, but I will be going back because they just announced that the Avengers Campus will be open on June 4th. So take a look at this. This is... Uh, that is the Guardians of the Galaxy. If, if you're not watching on YouTube, go check out our YouTube video for this section, especially. Uh, that is the Guardians of the Galaxy ride, the one that Tower of Terror turned into. And right in front of that looks like the entrance to this Avengers campus. Uh, and this is more of the inside of what the Avengers campus is going to look like. Um, you see there's like a lot of gift shops. There's the Iron Man logo and all that stuff, but it's really cool. Um, and I have a few notes about what to expect from this theme park uh, attraction add-on. I'm just so giddy because I'm like, I'm going to literally walk through my childhood and I just can't wait. Um, and Kelsey, you're welcome to come with me. Anyone who wants to come with me, let's go to Disney World. I was going to say, Ken, way, I really but... hope that I'm invited on this excursion because I am just way, as I giddy. I don't know if I have the money to buy everyone a plane ticket, but if you want to all meet up in Disney World and go hang out at the Avengers <laughs> Campus with me and Kelsey, please meet us there. We will. We'll all hang out there. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah yeah um, the whole so Disney, internet's Disney, invited right everyone on the internet who cares uh, we have a loyal <laughs> listener base we all love you guys um so disneyland itself will open again on april 30th that was announced you know california is lifting some of their guidelines obviously they're going to take the same protocols that disney world has been doing with the mask wearing and the social distancing on the rides and of course no fast passes because they want to keep one line focus line less people coming into the park in general um which I think they've been doing a very good job with in Disney World. Uh, Disneyland will be open on April 30th, and this, of course, will happen in June uh, on June 4th. There's one attraction, only one ride right now that has been announced. It's kind of like Star Wars, where they started with one ride. This is going to be the ride. There's all other stuff to walk around and see and eat and stuff, but this is the ride. It is called Web Slingers, A Spider-Man Adventure, and it is a 3D ride. Uh, it looks like you are sitting in the uh in the little vehicle there and you have 3d glasses so it's not really moving too much it looks like it looks like it's it's gonna move but it's not gonna like go forward or backwards it's just gonna kind of wiggle around like those mm -hmm. rides do mm -hmm. and a lot of it's gonna come from the 3d but i did uh here in this little um blurb it says an all ages ride uh that tracks a person's head hand and eye movements sex 60 times a second to create the feeling that the rider is actually shooting webs out of their hands in real time. So I guess there's some sort of technology that if you go like this in in one second or in 60 seconds, I, 60 times in one second, they will scan your body and you will be able to feel as, as if you're actually shooting webs. I don't know how it's going to happen. My mind I, is blown right now. That's literally my childhood dream to just like be Spider-Man. Yeah. Oh my god. So I guess they're going to sync it up somehow with your the the motion sensor detector with the 3D video to make it feel like you are in control and you are Spider-Man. But that's not all. There's other parts of the park. That's the that's the big ride, but there are okay. other parts of the park including this, the Pim Test Kitchen, which is a exclusive restaurant to the Avengers Campus. Looks very delicious. You might get a 
Pimnini there. You know what I mean? <laughs> Damn. I hope they make Love that a that. thing. If you're listening, Disney, a make that a thing. A Pimnini. Uh, or like pepperoni pinwheels or something like that. Like something interesting. Um, oh my okay. God. The meet and greets. So we will have some stationed meet and greets. Dr. Strange will have his own sanctum where you can meet him and learn about the dark mystical arts. Uh, and there is a special designated meet and greet for Spider-Man. Hear that, Kelsey? We'll get to mm-hmm. meet Spider-Man in his own designated meet and greet. And walking around roaming freely in the Avengers campus, you might see Gamora, Star-Lord, and... Everyone's favorite tree, Groot. <laughs> Groot? And I'm assuming it's full-size Groot, because I don't know how you have baby Groot walking around the park. It is going to be full, seven-feet-tall Groot walking through Avengers Campus. And um, there I'm are... I'm literally going to uh, pass away. There are other Avengers Campuses opening. I think there's one in Disneyland Paris and Hong Kong opening up. Hong Kong is going to have an Ant-Man ride. So there are other Avengers Campuses popping up in other countries, which I think is they're going to try to connect it all as if it's in the same Uh, Mm storyline. Like when you're in the park, you're in this specific Avengers Campus in the whole world. Um, But that's everything coming to the California one. So Kels, what are your thoughts on that? (laughs) I mean, I'm, we need to go to California right now. I think, Um, is there any, word on the florida dis in disney world are we getting anything like this here on the east coast i think it is a solely exclusive california adventure thing uh it's in disneyland california 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 adventure um but it's not going to be like uh the star wars land where it's the same one in both parks i think it is exclusively in california and i think the reason being that they want to keep like one u.s avengers campus to kind of keep it make it feel like to kids that this is like the avengers campus that you can go to in your country i i know um but hey if it's a hit who knows you know yeah we'll see I was going to say, you know, Disney World has Toy Story Land and Disneyland doesn't. So, like, there are things we have that they don't. They have Cars Land. We don't. So, like, there's things we do have and don't have that they have or don't have to. Uh, So, that's just how it goes. I mean, hey, I'm going to Disneyland to go to this thing. So, I guess they're... It's yeah, working. Guess, it, it's <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna have to make the trip out there because there's no way I'm gonna live my whole life without walking um, through the Avengers compound campus. Yeah. Well, it looked well, I mean, like the yeah, compound. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess you go through the compound to get to the campus. I mean, like, yeah. It's it's one whole world. I mean, even if just going to a gift shop and like shopping around for like little Tony Stark gadgets, I'm like, I'm in. I'm in. I don't even need a Pimnini. I just I just want to walk around in it. You know. I want to see Groot, and I want to see Spider Man. <laughs> it's I'm funny because, like, like, as an I, adult, sometimes you look at the kids and you're like, oh, I wish I was that young again. But then you're like, I'm. I could still do all that stuff. It's just I'm 23. Who cares? You know. And you know. Hey, you're not 23 that. yet. No, and in uh. Very close. How many it's days? Coming up. Seven. Uh, five. Five. You're right. Seven. Seven from the date of recording. Five from the date you're listening. I um, prove time spoil, and time again we... that I'm not the mathematician in this well, it's duo. it's fair, though, because half the time we're pretending like we are on a Monday to keep it realistic for the viewers, but half the time we're like, oh, it's Saturday night. Who cares? Um, yes, so a week a week from today, I will be 23, that's for sure, um, which is nuts. Um, but yeah, that is the Avengers campus in California. Disney's California Adventure um, looks so cool. Um, and who might we see there? But Falcon and the Winter Soldier, perhaps? Is that a good segue? <laughs> I love it. 
I think you always kill it with the segues. Oh I my do. gosh, Jill, you're going to be so mad at me. I forgot. Did you forget your summary? Do another summary again. I can I can freehand it right now. You can freehand it? Okay. I'll help yeah. you out if you need me. Um, okay, so episode four is titled The World is Watching. Uh, Sam, Bucky, and Zemo all go on a hunt for Carly to find out or they really go on a hunt for Donya to find to get to Carly to find out what she's done with the serums and if she's dispersing them more. John Walker and Battlestar show up to complicate things, and John Walker makes the biggest mistake he possibly can at the end of the episode. And I know. the Wakandans. You forgot the Wakandans. Okay, well, it was really quick and shorthand, and I know it wasn't as good as my other well, ones, but... Well, here's my point I'm trying to make, is that they make this huge cliffhanger, because because it's episodic, they need to make a cliffhanger, mm-hmm. and it's this whole reveal of, oh, we're after Zemo, it's the Wakandans, and then we open the episode, and he's just like, and, and she tells him, she's like, yeah, okay, have him this afternoon, and then it's like, end of conversation, I'm like, wait, okay, so all that build up, and it's just like this little dismissive conversation, then even later, it's like, they still don't get him. So it's like, it almost feels like they're just adding things to the mix to try to create more drama. But it's like, do we need all that? You know, like, I, I love the idea of bringing Bucky and the Wakandans, you know, that storyline together. But like, there's already enough people chasing everyone else. Like enough people are chasing okay. Carly and enough, and John Walker's chasing Zemo. Like, do we really need this extra added layer of people chasing? Like, I still don't know what, what Sharon's up to, like what her whole purpose is. And I know we're still on the train that she might be the power broker, sure. uh, but you know, it seems to me like I like this episode, but again, the bigger picture, it's like, what, how are they going to resolve all these storylines? And like, why do we keep adding characters to the mix? Where is this going? And obviously, we're going to find out where it's going. And I think it's going in a really interesting direction for some characters. But like the Wakandans, I was like, it just happened. And then it was over. And I was like, Mm. and then they come back, of course, the Dora Milaje come back at the end. And it's like this cool action sequence. But again, I'm like, so their point is just to get Zemo. Like, I I want a little bit more, you know, like, because they left us on a cliffhanger. But yeah, 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 totally. If yeah, the way that they left it, it felt like the action was going to, you know, jumpstart right from the beginning kind right. of thing. But I could I also kind of saw it in the direction that they took it where they were going to, you know, give Bucky a time limit like, oh, you have eight hours and then he's ours mm-hmm. kind of thing. Because, you know, they do need Zo- uh, Zemo to carry out the rest of the mission. Maybe sure. if they had like ended this episode on the Wakandans cliffhanger, it would have been more smooth and maybe we'd get like that intense action sequence right off the bat you know starting episode five so we didn't have this kind of like complication although i do think that it was important for john walker's character to encounter the door melage because oh baby i have lots to say about that scene once we get to it but let's start at the beginning we'll dive in my big thing was just basically that like the wakandans felt like they were almost overshadowed in this episode where like they should have been a bigger point based on Mm. what the episode was setting up and they kind of become like the third or fourth afterthought you know when you think of this episode you think first and foremost john walker and then it's like carly and then it's zemo then it's the wakandans you know like it's kind of like there's like a tier in order of like how you process this episode like what moments stick out to you the most um so take us away kelsey let's 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 your excellent walk through these episodes Let's, let's walk through it All right, so we start in Wakanda six years ago. Uh, We start with a flashback of Bucky when he was still in the process of getting treated for, you know, winter soldier uh, syndrome. 
uh, and <laughs> A uh, Io. Sorry, excuse me. You pronounce her name saying Ao, like Ao. Ao <laughs> is uh, coaching him, taking him through a session. She's experimenting on whether or not his brain is completely um, fixed by. Uh, uh, saying the Winter Soldier sequence out loud. Bucky is rather nervous. He thinks that, you know, he's going to, you know, bug out and become the Winter Soldier again. But she reassures him that she's not going to let him hurt anyone. And she gets th through the entire sequence and Bucky doesn't change. He say stays himself. So we have this beautiful moment of what I call happy Bucky, which we don't <laughs> see often. Like throughout no. the entire franchise, we just don't get enough happy Bucky. And it was just such a beautiful moment. And Sebastian Stan did such a great job with this scene. Yep. My heart was breaking right off the bat. Um, and then we cut to... Uh, right where we left off with episode three. So it's Ao and Bucky talking in that alleyway in Latvia. And she basically just tells him, you have eight hours and then we're going to come after Zemo. And Bucky's like, great, because we need him to carry out the rest of our mission. Uh, mm -hmm. Scene three, Bucky tells Sam and Zemo that the uh, Wakandans are here and that they're going to come after uh, Zemo. And then they find out about Carly's latest attack on the G... RP, right? Or GRC? Let me go back into my notes. The GRC, yes. Uh, the latest attack on the GRC. Uh, Zemo is sure that Carly is evil. You know, he compares her to a supremacist. He says, as long as there's this idea of super soldiers, there will always be people like, he says, the Nazis, like Ultron, like the Avengers, who kind of, you know, create this power dynamic in the world. But Sam thinks that she has redeemable qualities, that she can still be saved, that, you know, this doesn't have to just end in bloodshed. But Zemo is not buying it. He's like, this is only going to end one of two ways, and it's either going to end with her death or with your death. So which way do you want to play it kind of thing? Um, and then I, I quickly, I wrote down, I was like, wow, Zemo almost kind of has the same ideals or almost like he, he kind of has the same warnings that Vision talks about in Civil War when he's talking about, when they're talking about whether or not they should sign the Sokovian Accords, uh, Sokovia Accords rather. Um, he's like, while we exist, our existence always will entice problems. You know, there will always be people who see us as a threat and will always want mm -hmm. to challenge us. And I kind of am mirroring those two ideals to kind of understand where Zemo's coming from better. It Definitely. was just a um, side note I wanted to include in my breakdown. Um, yep. And then they all decide to find out if there is some sort of funeral or memorial service for uh, Mama Donia, what she's known to by Carly, um, to see if they can get to Carly somehow. We cut to this uh, really quick scene of the Flag Smashers all hiding out in some abandoned building where they're listening to a report about their latest attack and they find out, you know, these really awful details about how the person that they just, you know, killed was only on the job for a week. He was a father of two kids. So obviously they're, you know, I feel like the weight of what they're doing is really resting with them. And I, and it gives me hope that maybe some of them are kind of maybe turning around their mindsets and maybe thinking like, Hey, 
maybe we are our cause is not for the good like we mm-hmm. think it is kind yeah, of thing. i thought that this episode was much better with the carly stuff like really yeah. making them seem like characters and not just like these random villains that we know like a little bit of like in the past episode right. i said like that was the thing it seemed like carly was kind of just like thrown in there every now and then for like a minute and then she was gone and it was like i wanted to get to know the person that's like the main antagonist and now we know carly's a much more complicated character it's not she's not just an antagonist she is an antagonist but she's not like the main villain i'd say john walker is more of the main villain of this series i mm. think i i would say um because carly i do think there's going to be a redemption arc or it's going to be like one of those like too little too late but she's going to die heroically if she dies sure. and i think i think that's where we're going with her she, almost like ghost in um Amy and the wasp where like she's the villain but at the same time it's like no she's like the person that is just misunderstood and that we just want to kind of steer in the right direction but isn't yeah. the villain whereas you know walton goggins character I, like sonny birch is the main villain and that's what john walker feels like to me yeah i almost forgot his name because you yep. know irrelevant so unforgettable um, <laughs> i mean forgettable so I, not unforgettable <laughs> I mean, unforgettably forgettable, you know? <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I, I thought this episode did a good job with the, just the Flag Smashers in general, like, actually giving them some, some identity. And, like, like Carly, she's she's killing it. The actress is killing it. I, I need to pull up her name. But, like, she is just phenomenal. And I thought this was the mm. first time I was like, oh, yeah, okay, like, I'm down for this character. I'm excited for this character. All that jazz. Totally. So then we are at the refugee facility uh, they seem to be at in Latvia. Uh, Sam, Bucky, and Zemo all um, spar- uh, excuse me, split ways. Erin uh, Kellyman is her name. So Erin oh. Kellyman, great job. <laughs> Good job, Erin. Um, they all split up and search for clues as to where they could find Donia and uh, therefore Carly. Uh, no one seems to help Sam, but one man uh, tell gets into a conversation with him about how, you know, when people usually promise to help, it's, you know, very empty promises, like nothing uh, turns, nothing happens. He tells him about how the GRC has promised, you know, more supplies, more teachers, more, you know, just more help in general, and that that was six months ago, and they still are, you know, barely managing, and he tells Sam, like, I, I know who you are. And, and for the, and for that reason, I can't trust you. And it just made me think of like, Hmm, the GRC is failing them because they cannot bring them more supplies. What does that remind me of the American government? Who's to say, uh, Zemo, <laughs> very, very political episode. This episode yeah. is very much n- really politically not charged. at all. And it's po- political, you know, correspondent um uh, correspondence you know it it is very political uh the title itself the whole world is watching i mean that is literally at the end of the trial of the chicago seven on netflix like that is the chant that ends the whole movie the whole world is watching the whole world like it is so politically charged like this episode and like honestly good like i i think like it's good that marvel is going in a different direction i was worried it was a little too same here been there done that and it is in some retrospect but i think this is the most political they've gotten with any of their stuff so at least i appreciate that for at least going going for it you know yeah and it really like what this series has really done for me is like it kind of like makes you question like whether or not what the avengers did at the end of endgame was ultimately the right choice. I mean, I hate to say it, like as much as obviously we wanted all of our favorite characters back, like 
Spider-Man and and Peter Quill and and Sam and Bucky like as much as we you know really like were pining for them to come back and like trying to figure out like how they were going to get them back it's like for the rest of the world who aren't the Avengers who had adjusted to life that it had been five years they had readjusted to their lives they had come to terms with the people that they had lost and then poof everything's back and you just have to readjust back to normal do you try to assimilate the other half of the population to the changes you've made and and the progress that you've made without them and and i can understand the power struggle now and why groups and movements like the flag smashers have come about in this you know in this world in 2023 or 2024 i think maybe we're we're in the year 2024 now yeah um yeah, which is heartbreaking because at the end of at the end of Endgame, we're all just so ecstatic for everyone that we got back, and now we're right. kind of you know this series is like making us you know take us a step back and say, but wait, was it really for the better, or mm-hmm. did they really just fight to bring everyone back for really selfish reasons? And and kind of the same thing we see with Wandavision too is like when she lifts that hex and you see her drive or not lifts the hex, but when we see the flashback and she's driving through Westview. Mm. there's like the the people like he, he's putting up a signs for like piano lessons and like there's mm-hmm. like people walking through town it's like almost like a ghost town because a lot of people were really negatively affected by this uh but there's also that idea of yeah like now how do we find the new normal and now once we have the new normal it's like now we gotta you account for all the people coming back like i'm sure they they probably knocked lots of houses down when there were so many vacancies there are probably families that moved into smaller places like if half mm-hmm. of the family got swiped you know snapped away they probably left and went somewhere else and then they you know like now it's like with all these people flipping back now it's like no we need the bigger house again and it's like you don't have that opportunity and that, yeah it's a lot to talk about and i think the whole rest of the mcu from here on out and i like how this is like phase four like we're avengers endgame and far from home are like the end of phase three is because this whole phase is all going to have to relate to Endgame in some way because Endgame just changed the game for so many people in so many different areas and aspects mm-hmm. everywhere. And we mm-hmm. see it with Loki trailer too. Like the the um, ancient one, when she's describing the Hulk, how like everything has to go back to the way it was in the same place, same time. And then in the Loki trailer, we see this like, it's it's like a straight line that it branches off into like 30 different, you know, webs and, and, and mm-hmm. branches. And it's like... Mm-hmm you messed with the time and and that could be detrimental and and it's really really interesting yeah a hundred percent so then zemo lures a group of children with some turkish delights um he's also <laughs> singing bob op black sheep like a maniac do, this uh, is kind of not really an easter egg but do you know what other famous story involves turkish delight narnia narnia and do you know yeah. who gives them the fucking turkish delight the white witch who is played by tilda swinton who plays yeah, the, ancient the ancient one, one. whoa, whoa. Um, yeah like like i as soon as he said the turkish light thing i'm like oh i mean we already know don't take candy from strangers but especially when it's fucking turkish delight we saw what happened with the white witch i mean yeah 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 she fucking then, killed aslan man i know oh good movie can, good can movie. i just say i thought that turkish lights were something so different i saw them in that movie and i wanted to try one so bad but then i found found out that they're like gelatin but yeah he had in, white in, powder in narnia, all of his face yeah i was gonna say in narnia they they like take the candies and it's almost like 
it's almost like a, a a ball of powdered sugar and then you yeah. have the candy whereas here it was like in the little wrappers it almost looked like taffy and yeah. it kind of is like taffy taffyish yeah i've i've tried it once or twice i think because i was in a children's theater production of narnia where i literally dressed up as i think i was a little fawn i wasn't even the main fawn i was like the little fawn i was Aww. like seven years old uh and and at the director gave us all turkish delights as like a cast president we were all like spitting them out at the cast oh party. they're not good we were all like, like I mean, oh, it might be okay. good, but, but as a kid, I mean, my my palate had not developed. I mean, I'm sure right. it's great, I but see. like, like licorice. I hate black licorice, and and it was kind of like one of those things. I, I mean, if y'all like black licorice, don't hate me. Uh, I just don't like it, and like it, it was one of those things where it was like an acquired taste, especially for a seven year old. So, yeah. do you like black licorice? Girl? I love black licorice. The black li- licorice jelly beans this time oh, of the year. Oh, the good and plenties. I mean, I'm, I've never had good in plenties, but they literally just sell bags of like, during Easter time, they sell bags of black licorice jelly beans. And I used to just bowls of them when I was a kid. I don't oh know why God. I loved it. Now I don't really like gummy things because I don't like things that get stuck in my teeth. And I think I'm like 50 years old all I mean, of a sudden. I was never I was never a gummy guy anyway. Like I didn't like Sour Patch Kids. I never liked gummy bears. I was like, yeah, I didn't no. like that gum. But I do like jelly beans, but I do not like licorice. I just, mm. I can't. Um, I understand. Twizzlers. Give me a Twizzler any day, but licorice and, and red vines. I can't do red vines. Like red vines, Twizzlers, not so much. They taste like uh, plastic. Okay. Don't like well, them. Yeah. You know, we're going to have to like sit down and do a taste <laughs> test of all the like, movie theater candies and see yeah. what really is the best. I mean, that I, might be a fun video to do someday. But. I agree. I think we should. So yeah. this one girl does tell her that he she'll give him the information that he needs. And he warns her. He says, you see those two guys back there there. You can't trust him. And he's obviously referring to Sam and Bucky. So this was the betrayal that we were all, you know, that was coming inevitably. It was happening right before our eyes. Do, do um, you think it was a betrayal or do you think he was doing that so they wouldn't like suspect any funny business like they weren't? Because maybe they saw, like, to throw them off, almost. Like, to make it seem like, Like oh, I'm not with them. You can trust me. I mean, maybe. I mean, maybe. But we find out in the next scene that the reason why he did that, he didn't want any of the other kids telling Sam and Bucky, was because he wanted to use it for leverage. He's like, I know as soon as we get to Carly, you guys are going to stab me in the back anyway. So I need to use this to ensure my safety. Um, yeah, that's a good point. I, I'm giving Zemo a little bit too much benefit of the doubt, but listen, I was the one who said I was the one who said I think he has alternative motives, and and I think he still does. But I, again, like I'm trying to see the best in him, but I listen. I I I know exactly where you are because I was defending him last episode. So yeah. I, listen, I want him to be a good guy at the end. Like I don't want this to end with a shootout <laughs> between Sam, Bucky, and Zemo. <laughs> I want you know him to either end up in a Wakandan jail or be changed for the better some way somehow because i'm really digging this character i'm really yeah, into Kelsey's it he's a zemo stand i'm a i'm a zemo head big zemo head so obviously we've seen with justice league the release the snyder cut hashtag got them to re- literally remake the snyder cut of justice league and we saw fans say release the zemo cut of the full dance break <laughs> did you see the full dance break no wait yes, i'll send re- it to you Send it is it out me. there. It is a full dance break of Zemo doing the full dance, not just his one like that. It was not just this, but it was the whole dance. It's like literally a minute long. Oh my god, dancing. I need it. I need that. And, in my and, life. It, and it was the fans. They went to Twitter. They said hashtag release the Zemo cut, and they were like, "All right." And then they posted the whole clip, and I was like, "Oh, this is awesome!" Like I love 
sometimes you know i don't want studios to get carried away by like responding to hashtags and social media like peer pressuring them like sure. that. But in that that sense like why not you have the footage of daniel Bruhl dancing you're release it do it oh my I god like if i yeah. knew that happened that would have been my marvel news of the week are you kidding i'd be like I we mean, got the full clip of zemo I, I dancing i think talking about the literal avengers campus that we can go to and the loki trailer <laughs> are probably the two bigger pieces of news sure all right i guess about. still yeah. i guess yeah. Yeah, so I think we, we did well with our news, but carry on, Kels. We, we've rambled too much about Turkish delight in Zemo. <laughs> so Zemo tells them that, you know, he found out when the funeral is, but he wants to use it as leverage. You know, he's being very cut and dry with them. He's not being sneaky. I think because he knows that he can't outpower Sam and Bucky. Bucky especially, because as we see, Bucky just takes his tea and chucks it right at the wall and is like really you're gonna try to like get around like me and i think he realizes that mm, i'm really no match for you because you have a metal arm and the serum in your veins and right. sam's just like well this isn't gonna like i I'm, I'm not gonna take this right now he's almost like the parent almost in this dynamic trio and he's like i'm just gonna find out some other way how we can get this information he gives sharon a call and is like I need help. Um, and she warns him. She's like, you know, I'm just letting you know, like, ever since Nagel died, like, things have been pretty rough here, more rough than usual here. Magipore, I almost said, I don't know why, but I just said Marigold. I don't know. Um, in Magipore, and that the power broker is pissed and that he's going to be looking for whoever is responsible for Nagel's death. And she says something like, you killed the golden goose. And I was like, all right, relax, Sharon. Uh <laughs> We cut to a scene with Carly and one of her Flag Smasher buddies, who I'm referring to as the Cap fan, because he does re reveal that he was like, you know, I was a Captain America fan when I grew up. <laughs> uh, it's, a it's too bad what, what comes to his fate at the end of the episode. But we see that she's, you know, going for her secret stash of the rest of the serums. She's, you know, uh, they're just talking about whether or not they should be making more super soldiers. And he's kind of like, well, I think we should do it, whatever. And he caught and he, they have this in, in, really interesting moment where he was like, you know, I never thought that there would be a, ne a next Captain America until I met you. And I really like, you can really see that it takes it. I mean, it definitely took me by surprise. It also takes Carly by surprise. The fact that she's that he said that. And I was like, whoa, 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 where, where's this going now? Is Carly going to end up with the shield by the end of this series? Because I don't know. I don't know, man. I maybe. Uh, you never know. Listen, you maybe know. like I wouldn't, I'm not saying that Captain America cannot and should not be a girl, but I no, am no, thinking that this whole you know, Sam's whole arc almost of this whole series is him learning and coming to terms with the fact that he is worthy enough to be the next Captain America, mm -hmm. I think. So I yeah. think that's and, where. And again, we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk about it now. We know now that like with the trailer, if this is not a mislead, if this was not just footage they filmed for the trailer, they mm -hmm. are going to get the shield back. So like, we know it's going to probably be either Falcon or we'll see Bucky take it too. Um, sure. But I, I do think I do think this is going to end up being, you know, Sam's arc of, oh, I realize, you know, almost like you don't understand what you have until it's gone. Mm -hmm. um, and he kind of realized what he had. And now he's I think this is changing him and shaping him into who he wants to be 
as a leader and and by seeing what john walker isn't he knows what he really has been this whole time um, right so so I, I hope Sam gets it in the end because I did like that whole idea. A, we're getting a black Captain America, which is just awesome in general, mm-hmm. especially with sadly Chadwick's passing. We need an, uh, you know more black superheroes mm-hmm. um, just for role models for audiences. Um, you know, so I, I think it's a good good direction. I like that direction they took it. Also because you know Bucky is an old man and you know he has all that you know so much else going on with his character, whereas Falcon and Sam himself always felt like the side character. So it's like, it's mm-hmm. nice now that like, if he is the Captain America at the end of this, like he finally gets to upgrade from that sidekick to that leading man role. And we're seeing it now with him as a leading man, but you know, like Bucky already had like this complex storyline in a bunch of movies. And I feel like this is finally giving Sam a really nice, juicy storyline. So. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I agree a hundred percent. So then we cut to uh, Zemo's taking Sam and Bucky to, um, the funeral to his <laughs> associate, as he refers to her as this uh, little girl. Um, but <laughs> before they can get any further, John Walker and Battlestar show up and kind of, you know, interrupt the party. They're confronting him about, you know, breaking Zemo out of jail and what, you know, they're like, uh, Carly's our mission as well kind of thing. And like, you know, just being all macho manly about it. And Sam says that he wants to talk to Carly alone. You know, he wants to try to get this opportunity to level with her. And Zemo has this great, cute little moment where he refers to the little girl who's giving him his intel, his associate, which I found adorable, um, found adorable. And John Walker decides, Sam, you have 10 minutes. And then 10 minutes is up. Like, I'm I'm going in. I'm I'm getting her. And he handcuffs Zemo to... um, some sort of contraption in the room that they're waiting in. We can see like it's cutting. Then it starts cutting back between the funeral for Mama Donia and excuse me. And like Bucky, John Walker, Battlestar and Zemo all kind of like waiting around for what to do next. And you really see the way of being Captain America and the toll that it's taking on John Walker because he's just he's restless he's pacing back and forth Mm. he's constantly he's staring down at the shield he's like I I should be doing more with this I don't know like kind of why I'm enough kind of thing Mm. like nothing I'm I'm ever doing with this shield is enough and I should be doing more yeah, the thing I've liked about what they've done with John Walker's character while his actions are completely you know not what we are what we want to see from him we are at least understanding him and what he's going through and and understanding his motives i'm not saying it makes him likable but at least makes us understand who he is uh and and it honestly helps make him more unlikable because we see what he's going through and we see how he then uses that and does the total opposite thing of what he should do um so right totally then we have russell man good actor yeah he's doing a good job um Sam, then we have this great scene between Sam and Carly where Sam is just desperately trying to level with her, telling her that he really understands her helplessness. He understands like why she's doing what she's doing. He just doesn't can he just can't understand why she's going about it. You know, he can't get behind her methods. And um we cut back to John Walker and Bucky. He tries to go in, but Bucky stops him. We have this this intense moment of Bucky's hand on John Walker's chest. And he just like looks down and just does this slow, like take up to Bucky as 
like staring so intensely. It's almost the same moment as, you know, two episodes ago when that man spit on John Walker and he just looked at him and said, well, he didn't look at him. He grabbed him and yelled in his face. Do you know who I am? And it's almost like the same moment of like, how dare you like disrespect (laughs) Captain America? And I'm like, dude, relax settle down like Bucky can literally snap you like a twig you do not want to be messing with my boo the winter soldier right now I was like I was offended for Bucky in that moment but he's you know he starts trying he starts trying to rile Bucky up he's like your partner's in there alone with a super soldier you're just gonna you're just gonna stay back here like he needs backup do you want his blood on on your hands and it's like John Walker like I cannot like the audacity this man has. I can't. And it's just I so funny even. seeing then what happens, you know, at the end. You know, like the yeah. you, you want your blood on his hands. I'm like, okay, well, now looking back, you look, you sound like a fucking idiot. <laughs> the hypocrisy in this whole character—it's right. just—it's right. insufferable. So <laughs> then we cut back to Sam and Carly. Sam accuses Carly of being a supremacist, and but Carly says, "No, it's I, the I. Everything I do is for the people. Like the real supremacists are the corporations and the people who keep taking from us and, and stealing from us." And Sam gets her to see. You know, she they have this moment of like she's like. You know, he's like, you're killing innocent people, though. And she's like, they're not innocent. They're they're robots who are working for the corporations. I'd kill them. I killed them once and, I'll, and I'd do it again. And Sam was like, whoa, do you hear yourself? And she kind of has this moment of like, oh, my God, wait, no, that's not what I meant. Like, I, I don't mean to sound like them. And he's like, but you do, though. So therefore everyone's only going to see you as a bad person if you keep going about it these bad ways but before yep. they can make any real progress john walker bursts through the door he's like carly you're under arrest he interrupts um sam and bucky go after carly who tries to escape while they're all trying to find carly we see that zemo has gotten away he got out of his handcuffs um and then he he's the Zemo's the one who finds Carly. He starts shooting at her. I'm like, Oh my God, is this going to be another Nagel situation? I really thought that we were going to like lose Carly in that moment. But I I was nervous because the way this man just ruthlessly shoots people who gets in his ways, I was nervous. So he gets some good shots in her. He only wounds her in the abdomen. It looks like, and all of the serums spill out of her, um, fanny pack if you will and i was like oh my god he's gonna destroy them he's gonna destroy them and he did he he starts crushing he's stomping on them getting rid of the syrup and i'm like and i'm rooting for him i'm happy i'm like yes this is this is all that needs to be done he can destroy these serums and then just move on with his life but before he can get to the last one john walker knocks him out with the shield and we see john pick up the last vial and he just pockets it. And I was like, oh, this guy. You I knew just, it, though. You knew it was I coming. mean, I knew it because <laughs> once once I really did my deep dive on John Walker, I did find out that him and his partner, Battlestar, both get the serum. They were both in trials well, um, for the serum. And they both had it to begin with, which is how he became Captain America. But just the way that he, he got his hands on the serum, you know, I didn't think that they were question. actually going to... Yes, still. Is the serum something you inject or something you drink? Well, in Captain America, the first Avenger, we saw that it was like injected in all of his muscles. I know. My question is because 
we not too long after that we do see him flexing his super soldierness. Right. So I just was wondering when did he have the time to inject himself? I mean, the serum? I was like, I, I was like, wait, is he gonna just shoot it up? Like, what? listen, maybe, but I interpreted as like maybe with the vials in that fanny pack, like pouch she oh, had with like her, there was also like syringe and okay. stuff that you could use. You know. Yeah, to- I, I knew it wasn't. You know, you didn't drink it. I, I was no, like, it's it definitely not be. wanna. It's not like a shooter. It's not a shot. Oh, this is kind of gross. Like he didn't yeah, say bottom vaccine. Oh, here you go. He didn't go up, down, up, shot. Like, right. Like here's here's some Moderna for you. Here's some Pfizer. Like no, oh, like we don't do that. So no, I was just no, wondering. No. I was like, when did he take the serum? Because at the end, it's very clear he took the serum because yeah. he literally does one of those superhero landings from a fucking building all the way onto a car. I'm like, yeah, there's yeah, no way you yeah. survived that fall otherwise. Yeah. so then we cut back i thought he was gonna die there i thought zemo was gonna i I, when he threw the shield at zemo i thought zemo was gone because like oh really to the head a shield to the head yeah that's like mule near to the head you know had there been like blood i feel like maybe he would have died but i i had a feeling that he was just knocked out because yeah uh, we're not the same thing you you were saying about like carly you thought carly would get shot there i thought he was fully gonna die as soon as i saw the shield flying in the air i was like oh man um yeah so so then we cut to a scene with uh carly and her flag smashers are kind of like regrouping since they're her meeting with sam went awry and Mm. she gets another threatening text from the power broker and he and he's just saying, like, your days are numbered, basically. Like, I'm I'm coming to get you. Hmm? What'd you you say? said he. It might be a she. You never know. Oh, I, you know what? From now on, I will refer to the power broker as they. Uh, well, they I, I just, because of our theory, you know. No, like I know. theory that I'm piggybacking I know. You know what? Yeah. And it's super, like, uncharacteristic of me to just assume that this powerful being is he anyway even though i think they are kind of referencing it there yes in the show they refer to the power broker as a he but you know what that's also incorrect because just because it's a powerful person in power does not mean they have a penis so let's all fix that together we're all going to make our hmm i said the whole world is watching the whole world is watching exactly and then basically Carly informs us of her next uh, tactic, which is to kill Captain America. Uh, (laughs) Let's see how that goes for her, shall we? So then we cut to... Without the serum, it might have happened, but yeah. Yeah, without the serum. Carly could have taken him out with like one punch, (laughs) one good punch to the temple, and he would have been out gone well, i mean we dead. saw yeah with the other guy yeah it was lamar it was, it was one second boom you know like exactly yeah spoiler alert even though it you know oh yeah sorry <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast we're gonna be spoiling the episode four of falcon the winter soldier i'm so sorry <laughs> we're halfway through the episode we're just doing we're just we're, saying that right like, now we're like 80 percent through no yeah <laughs> so i know we're, we're like at the end like we're it's just we didn't get to the Lamar moment, Dill, and I wanted to okay, talk sorry. about it when so we Lamar when we is get still there. alive, guys. Guys, don't listen to me. He's still alive. For the time Come being. Come on. Let's see. Ooh, who knows what's gonna happen? So we cut back to um Zemo's estate that he has, it looks like in Latvia, and he asked Sam, Were you ever offered the serum? If you were, would you take it? And without any hesitation, Sam says no. Um 
Bucky's Bucky comes in and he's like, John Walker's on some next level shit. Like he's <laughs> acting crazy. I know crazy. And like, he's acting crazy. And then once again, John Walker bursts through the door. He's like, that's it. Like you ruin our plans to get Carly. Like we're taking you to jail. Like this is all ending right now. And before anything else can happen, the Dora Milaje. Um, Milaje. I thought it was the do- the the Dora Milaje. Jay. Yeah, I think it's not. You said Milaje. I said Milaje. I think it's the combination. I think it's the Milaje. Okay, because I wasn't sure because you're. I thought I was going to kill this pronunciation, and then you started saying it differently, and then that made me not as confident. I've been saying Milaje, and you've been saying Milaje. I think it's Milaje. I think we're both wrong. The Dora, Mil- the Dora Milaje show up, and they're like, Your time is up, Bucky. Like, we're here to get Zemo. And, you know, John Walker, high and mighty, I'm Captain America, man, is like, hey, <laughs> ladies, please, do you, me, it's me, Captain America, I'm sure you've heard of me. Let's put down your pointy sticks and let's have a conversation. And I'm like, oh, I wanted to snap my pencil in half as I was taking notes because <laughs> he is just being so immensely disrespectful to these powerful warrior women Okay, and I just like couldn't take it anymore. Yeah, no. This this freaking misogynistic ass hat. Yeah, no. Seeing them kick his ass was so fun. Like he puts his hand. Well, first of all, there were a couple of mirror moments um, to point out during the scene, which is when specifically when he refers to them as um, like in the third person as they're not even there. He's like the Dormelage have no uh, jurisdiction here. And uh, Io talks back to him and says the Dormelage have jurisdiction wherever they are needed. And there's this, and that's kind of like a callback to uh, Black Panther when Mm -hmm. um, Martin Freeman's character, Agent Ross, Amazing. Agent Not Ross. Thunderbolt Ross, but the other Ross. <laughs> is it Roth or Ross? No, it's Ross. It's Ross. Because I okay. remember I was like, there's already a Ross. But I was like, I guess there could be two. Cool. So Agent Ross, Martin Freeman's character from Black Panther and Civil War, um, asks um, T'Challa, does she speak English? And um, Okaye answers back. When Okoye, she wants yeah. Okoye. Oh my goodness. I'm just like, okay, off, that one off I know. My that one today. I know because she she's my walking dead Michonne. Like she's a walking dead girl. Like I, I know Okoye. Okoye. What did mm-hmm. I say? Okaye? I don't know. Okoye. Okay. Listen. And then it- listen, these are I mean, it, it took me a while to to, you know, even remember Loki's name. You know, it, it'll take a while. No, it did. I was like, who's that? The the brother. The brother. <laughs> the adopted brother. Um she says when she wants to. So she also responds by referring to herself in the third person, almost as if, hey, please don't talk about me like I'm not even in the room. I'm not a child. Um, so then they just beat his ass because he puts his <laughs> hand on one of their shoulder on um, uh, AO's shoulder, maybe. And yeah. he's they're just like, no, we're not dealing with this guy. Like they just like take him down. Sam and Bucky have this moment of like, should we like get involved or should we just like let this play out? And they're like, no, maybe we should help him. Um, so Bucky starts fight fighting AO and she uses this like fancy hand trick that immediately disables his arm and disconnects it from his body. Crazy. And yeah. it's, you know, at first glance, it's just like, oh, wow. I didn't realize that there was like a safe a safeguard like a plan b almost to ensure that he won't 
murder you with a metal arm. But, you know, it's this it's this heartbreaking moment, especially since we got that scene in the beginning. It's this heartbreaking moment of like, oh, my God, you never really fully trusted me. Like you had to install this, you know, backup plan in case I did go rogue on you in case, you know, all of your treatments and all the technology didn't work and didn't help me. You had to ensure your safety by, you know, inserting this, you know, weird arm technique for me. And it's this moment of like, oh my God, like they never fully trusted me. So they, therefore they didn't even know if like their treatments would work. And it just, oh, it just really, really destroyed me in that moment. Um, Cause you know, I want happy Bucky. I just want Bucky (laughs) to be happy. That's all I I want at the end of this. Uh, While all of their fighting is going on, Zemo escapes and uh, once the Dora Milaje realize that he's gone, they exit the scene and John Walker just has this super, super defeated moment. You almost, almost, you can't see my hands on the screen this much. You almost feel bad for him because he's just collapsed within himself and he says, they weren't even super soldiers. And you just see, you see the the wheels turning of like, wow, I've never been good enough to do this job. Something's got to give, something's got to change. And now that he has that serum in his pocket, we all know what's about to happen next. And it's that he's going to use it. <laughs> yeah. So then we cut to a scene of him. It almost looks like they're in a train station, to be honest. I was getting like yeah, very it, like tra- like Penn Station vibes from mm-hmm. this scene. Yeah, or like or like one of those um in New York, sometimes there are subway stations where like there's actual like stuff in the subway stations. Yeah. Like where you can like sit and get a cup of coffee, like in the actual station itself. Yeah. Yeah. So him and Lamar just talking about, you know, everything that they've gone through. He asks him, like, oh, like, would you ever take the serum if you had an opportunity? And Lamar says, hell yeah. Like, if we had that serum, could you imagine, like, all the stuff, like, we could have done, we could have done, all the people we could have saved? Um, before they get in, get in too deep of this, John Walker signs an autograph of uh, a woman comes up to him. Mm-hmm. Uh which is just like, it's just gross. It's just gross because on one hand, we see him epically failing at his job time and time again. But then on the right. other hand, he has people coming up to him being like, oh my goodness, like, thank God, like you're the next savior. Like you're gonna save us. You're gonna be our protector. So you can only you can almost understand why he feels like such a fraud. Yeah, and that's kind of, I think, what he thought the job would be to an extent. Is like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll sign a few autographs, take a few pictures, shake a few hands, and then, like, if I need to step in and do some military shit, I will. But, I mean, I think he's realizing that, like, you know, it's not just the, the uh, super soldiers he has to watch out for. It's like, no, there's other people like these Dormelage that are just as powerful and, and aren't even super soldiers and they can still kick your ass. Like there's other threats out there that aren't just like, I think in his mind, he was like, well, if I, you know, super soldiers, once they're gone with, you know, no one can stop me. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, no, there are other people who can also stop you that aren't super soldiers. Yeah, so totally. Yeah. And then throughout this conversation they have, we see Battlestar basically indirectly convinces him to take the serum that yeah. he, Lamar doesn't even know that he has, but by mm-hmm. what he's saying, you know, it clicks in him like, okay, I got my buddy's consent. Now I'm taking this serum. I'm going to start juicing, baby. You're going to see these mm, cannons. 
for those of you who are just getting the audio, I lifted up my arm and flexed my right. pathetic yeah. arm muscle. And I will not do that because mine is less pathetic or mine is more pathetic. <laughs> more, more much more pathetic. <laughs> Thank you, Dylan. It makes me feel better about my um, <laughs> upper body strength. So then we no, cut I'm to... I'm strong. I just, you know, it's hidden, you know. I understand. <laughs> So then we cut to a scene with Carly. She calls, she gives Sam, Sarah, oh my goodness, Sam's sister, Sarah, a call on the phone. Sam, Sarah. Uh, She gives her a call and is like, hey, I think Sam's working with uh, John Walker. Is that true? And and Sam and Sarah's like, no, like if you knew my brother, you know that he would never do that. He doesn't stand with the new Captain America at all. And she's like, great, like, if if he does, I'm gonna come for you and your kids. Um, obviously, that doesn't sit well with Sam, being that no. Carly just threatened his family. Um, Sam and Bucky meet up with Carly. Carly asks Sam to join him or to just leave her alone because uh, she just like she needs to get the job done. She has a mission and she's sticking to her guns um, or knives. <laughs> so <Huh>. she, <clears throat> you're. <laughs> Are you the only one that can make dad jokes on this podcast? No, she please. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Sharon warns Sam. So now Sharon is tracking John Walker. I don't know like at what point she started doing that, but she starts tracking John Walker for Sam. She warns him that, you know, he's in your vicinity. I think he found you guys. Um, he goes in to uh, get the, you know, get Carly, stop the flag smashers. Um, Lamar gets taken and tied up and put into what looks like a bathroom. And then we see this moment of John Walker bending a pipe to which it, it uh, it's confirmed that he did in fact take the serum. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam sees it and is, and is like, what did you do? Because and <laughs> Sam also knows yep. in that moment, Oh my God, he took the serum that bastard. Um, Oh, Bucky has a knife fight. There's this great moment where Bucky is back in his uh, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, like the movie vibes where he has this Mm -hmm. great little like he does all his knifey tricks with the knife. And I was just like, yes, Bucky knife fight. Give me that good, good Bucky knife fight. Um, (laughs) Lamar breaks free of his uh, zip ties and he comes running into the scene to which Carly Mm. punches him with such force he flies right into a concrete column, gets him right in his head, in his neck. Something must have severed because he is dead as a doornail, almost like upon impact. Yeah, it, was, um, it was very sad because because as much as we don't love John Walker, I mean, mm-hmm. Lamar was kind of the the thing that humanized him. And sure. as we see now that he's gone, you know, yeah. it's full. John Walker has no one now to kind of like talk him down or to be like that, you know, uh, conscience. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, it was sad. You know, and again, you know, another black character <laughs> dead um mm. which you know in the grander scheme of things like i think that might also be part of sending a message you know that like oh it's like he's like the sacrifice and you know john walker still gets to you know carry the shield for mm-hmm. a little longer at least um yeah it was upsetting because i i liked the character uh to an extent but at the same time you know like you know they 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 shouldn't have been at that vi- fight you know it wasn't yeah. their fight to fight you know yeah, and it's really like it really makes you think about like wow, like th- he this guy is really getting like the same exact arc 
that Steve Rogers had. You know, there was a moment in Captain America, the first Avenger, where, well, actually, the rest of the movie, the second half of the movie, Steve believes that Bucky's dead. And that's the Mm -hmm. thing that, like, almost is the driving force for the back half of that movie. And the way that Steve Steve handled his best friend's death versus the way that John Walker handled his best friend's death. It's just yep. like, you can't even compare the two. It's, it's, it's a good parallel though. I, I like that idea of like having like kind of the same thing happen and mm-hmm. to see exactly how two completely different people handle it. Good point. That was exactly. A great point. Thank you. You're welcome. I, I thought it might be, thought it might be a good point. <laughs> um, so then the flags, this flag smashers are like we gotta get out of here because this guy's crazy. And Zemo too, right? Do we get is... there? Is Zemo's gone too? Oh, did I mention that? And yeah, because no, Zemo's yeah, he, he, Zemo's been gone because yeah. he El Chapoed it through the oh, uh, during the Dora Milaje, right? Yeah, yeah, he's That's gone. When, he, okay. when he, while right, they were fighting, he was fight. like, "I'm gonna get out of here," and he just like closed so he, the he's doors. Been gone. Just, we don't he's know been gone. He is, right? We okay. haven't seen him since that moment. Um. And then John Walker runs out. He finds the first flag smasher he sees and pins him down in a town square and raises the shield up and just just bashes in his head it's with the full, shield. It's a full Negan moment. If anyone Walking Dead fan is listening, it's a Negan moment. It's the bat scene. It's the iconic Negan where he picks someone's head and just boom, just goes to town. It's <sighs> relentless. It's merciless. It's it's. It's exactly the complete antithesis. Like, it's the exact opposite of what you envision Captain America to be. Mm-hmm. And like you said, when you called him a Cap fan earlier, mm-hmm. it happens to be the guy who literally idolized Cap. And it's like, h- how terrible, you know? like that's To die you, the at the die. hand of Cap's shield, shield when that's something that you yeah. thought was a role model. That's the thing you looked up to and, and idolized. It's crazy, yeah. That, so that then, scene was nuts anyway yeah (laughs) i know well i was just gonna wrap it up real quick and say we zoom out to the town the gathering of people that have uh gathered around to watch this scene unfold and we see that there's obviously you know cameras recording and people probably live streaming the event so the world is the world is the whole world is watching and um you know we and then obviously we have the most horrid, disgusting image in all of the MCU history, I think, which is this horrible, this like downward shot of up at John Walker, him holding the shield and just the splattered blood on the bottom of the shield. And mm. it was just so unsettling and so disgusting and disheartening for anyone who's like a serious like cap captain america fan like it's just it, it it was as symbolic as if there was blood on a real american flag you know mm-hmm. it, it's yeah. that it's disconcerting yeah. like you said it's it's probably the next it's it's the it's the worst image like in terms of like like what the avengers stand for and the mm-hmm. worst possible thing you could see next to like or right above the the vision image of him with the head just mm. you know, the infinity mm-hmm. stone just pulled out of him a soulless lifeless body corpse uh and i think both these shows wandavision and falcon and the soldier have like made it a point to be like this is what we don't want to see like this is what you don't want mm-hmm. uh, this is the horror of what could happen and this is almost the stakes of the universe you live in um that moment was just 
that is kind of the moment where I was like, okay, finally, I'm like in with like the show is finally like doing something that I feel is really pushing the boundaries Mm. at least a little bit more Mm -hmm. uh, than it was before. Like I really like the stuff with race in episode two. We talked about it, like the little, uh, you know, small little moments, uh, you know, with Isaiah and all that stuff. But I think this is really where it gets to like this whole, like, like this is where it really fits into the bigger MCU picture with this scene and this moment. I'm like, mm-hmm. I was taken aback. I was just jaw to the floor. I was like, no, Whoa. yeah, it's. I I got texts <laughs> about it. I I got texts. Our our friend Dave texted me and he was yeah. like, "Did you see it?" And I was like, "No, I haven't yet." But what? And he was oh. like, "That ending." And I'm like, "Oh boy!" I was nervous. <laughs> yeah. I thought someone was gonna die. And honestly, what the ending was was much worse than if like someone died. Yeah, well, honestly, the night before on Twitter, because I stayed up to watch it. I stayed up that night to listen to a specific album first, and then I watched it. Okay. Um, shout out T-Swift. We love shout you. Shout out to um, Taylor Swift fans. Yeah. Yep. And, and then as as swift as I went through that album, I, I went to sleep. <laughs> yeah. I watched, I listened to the album. I turned on about 10 minutes. I saw the Bucky scene with Wakanda, and I was like into it. And then I was just like asleep. And I yeah. it wasn't anything to do with the episode. It was the fact that they drop at 3 a.m. here on East Coast time. Yeah, so it's like, exactly. You know, and these are longer episodes than WandaVision. WandaVision was like 10 minutes in. It was like, okay, I only got 20 left, you know, but now yeah. it's like, oh, I got a whole 40 left. And I was just mm-hmm. like, um, I'm done. And, and yeah, you know, went, went to Betty Bye. Um, and, and then the next morning I see on Twitter, it's just hashtag John Walker's trending. And I see people's like the gifts of people going like, oh, to like the John Walker thing. And I'm like, oh, John Walker's going to die. I hate that I spoiled it for myself. And I was upset because I was like, John Walker dies. And I was like, so mad. And then when I watched the episode, I was like, oh, no, this is honestly worse. Because I feel like if John Walker died, everyone would be like, whoa, can't believe they did that. But like, all right, like, cool. We'll see how this goes. But now it's mm-hmm. like, no, he's he did something, I think, worse in the fact that like, he did something that you it's like you said putting blood on the american flag it's like yeah that idea of like something that is it means so much to so many people to like then you know you know graffiti it up with blood it's 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 yeah um and, and so when i saw those twitter reactions i was like damn i spoiled it for myself but then when i watched it i was like oh no he doesn't die this is a lot more no. than that this is like yeah. this is crazy <laughs> But it was Lamar's last last episode, so uh, we think. I mean, again, it could be a Bucky thing. You know, you never know. Maybe, um, but I don't but know. Rest in peace, Battlestar. Yeah. Rest in peace, Battlestar. Just when he was yeah. like, you know, like you said, being the moral conscience for uh, John Walker. It's a yeah. shame now because now he's like, he's all juiced up. He has hashtag roid rage. And God only knows. So my question to you is, Dale, what do you think mm-hmm. is going to become of John Walker now? That was my, well, my question was like, how do, what, what do you think they're going to do with these last two episodes? And I think part of it is like, what happens to John Walker? Listen. I think the first episode starts with like, or fifth, I should say, starts with like John Walker behind bars or like, or not behind bars, maybe just like hand in your badge, like hand, yeah. like, give yeah. me the shield. And then they finally go to Sam and they're like, do you want it? And Sam's like, yeah. And like, that's where it starts. So then the okay. last two episodes is just like, now, how do we get Carly? How do we get the Carly thing under wraps? Where the hell is Zemo? Mm-hmm. What is Sharon's deal with this? Mm-hmm. Cause we still don't know who's the power broker and do those two things go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. And then the Wakanda, what happens with Wakanda? And I think because we had so many storylines going on at once, I almost want this to be the end of the John Walker storyline because mm. we have so much other stuff to get to. And I right. think it, it's kind of like the, um, it's kind of like WandaVision where it was like, you know, 
there were so many different characters to tie up that like they did such a good job wrapping up Wanda Vision and Agatha's story that like I felt like Darcy almost got the short end of the stick in the mm. finale and like mm-hmm. even Boner Ralph Boner got a little bit of the short end of the stick no pun intended um and then like <laughs> and then there's there's your uh, there's your dad joke not even a dad joke that was just a Michael Scott joke and yeah. then like you know Monica she kind of like got a good ending but at the same time like I feel like they could have done a little bit more with her so like I think this is like one of those scenarios where like John Walker this was kind of where the breaking point and now like next episode like first 10 minutes so let's deal with the repercussions of that and then let's give the hit shield to sam and bucky and like let's go forward because like john walker was a great antagonist but i feel like if they're going to keep focusing on the john walker stuff it's just going to become way too cluttered for these last two episodes yeah no yeah i agree 100 like, what do you think what do you what do you think is going to happen a with john walker and then like with zemo and like, like how do you think they're going to wrap up because we have two episodes left yeah so well, my hope is that John Walker faces some serious consequences from yeah. this tragedy mm-hmm. that has happened. You know, I right. really hope that, you know, the U.S. government just doesn't like turn a blind eye or, you know, turn right. the other cheek to this. And and that he either is like, you know, hand hand in your badge, hand in the shield. And, mm-hmm. you know, we need to we need to do something about this. I hope it's not just like a slap on the wrist situation, but knowing how much they're paralleling to real life American government, this white man might really just get a slap on the wrist. I do yeah. think that arc wise, yes, like this would be a great way to just like get rid of him being an, an, an obstacle in the show. But, you know, they might just fail us and not give the people what they want and just say, all right, don't do that again. Or go on your next mission. Maybe they give him the slap on the wrist. And he, as a changed character, after seeing what happened and seeing Mm. everyone around him says, you know, like how the world is (laughs) watching them. That would be the only thing. If he were to step down from the mantle himself, that would be the one thing that could almost redeem him as a character. Honestly, I think that would be a really cool choice. Cause then like, it kind of shows like i've always believed that you know cancel culture is such like a weird thing now like there's a lot there's a it's a very thin tightrope to to walk in terms of talking about it but i think you know admitting to your mistakes is part of you can't redeem someone overnight and you can't some people can't be redeemed in their whole lifetime depending on the Mm -hmm. gravity of their mistakes but i think anyone who's at least willing to admit what they did was wrong and publicly say it is in a step toward the right direction toward redemption, whether you get the full redemption or not, you know, I'm not saying anyone should or or will or shouldn't or won't, but I think that would be a good message to send to people like, Hey, if you do the wrong thing, you take ownership of what you did. Um, But then again, he's also a super soldier now. So what do you do? Can you stop him? Can you put him behind bars? Um, Do, does Wakanda step in? Does Wakanda have to take him in and like wipe him clean? You know, like what do we do? um yeah. yeah i mean i think bucky could take him i mean I'm, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm clearly obviously very team I mean, bucky here yeah. but uh... that's option three so like either <laughs> he goes behind bars he he you know turns himself in or bucky steps in 
Yeah, like <laughs> Bucky just roundhouses his ass. Yeah. Um, Dill, did you have any Easter eggs from this episode? I didn't. I didn't, I didn't I, either. I tried looking, I tried looking, and there were like some callbacks to like things that like Stanley Tucci's character said about just like what the super soldier serum means and like right. how you control it and stuff. But I think that's stuff we've kind of already covered. Just like that idea of like it makes the good good. It makes the good better. It makes the bad worse. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things now. It's like it's making the bad worse, and we see that. Um, right. Exactly. Yeah, I I just want to say first and foremost, or last and last most, I guess, um, (laughs) that uh, Wyatt Russell's performance, as bad as the character, as as much as we are meant to hate the character, he, in this episode especially, did a really, really good job of just selling exactly how insecure John Walker is, but also how ruthless he is in terms of, like, his carelessness and and who we are meant to see John Walker as. I think he did a great job. Someone uh, mentioned in our comments last week that he is the son of Kurt Russell, who played Ego. So, um, yeah, Like right, in Kelsey? real life? <laughs> like in real life, not not Ego's son. That's Star-Lord. I'm talking like Oh, Kurt yeah, Russell. you're right. Kurt that Russell, even make sense. his son is Wyatt Russell. So oh, my Wyatt God, Russell I didn't know that. Family, comes from a family of great talent and... Um, I believe his mom is also Goldie Hawn, who is also an actress. I don't know if that's 100% sure. Uh, but Good he is... Wyatt Russell. A, he's a great actor, and I think he really showed his chops here. Like, I was very, very impressed um, because I hated him so much, and I think yeah. Yeah, that was the point. But like you said, there are split seconds where you feel bad. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the two moments are the ones you mentioned earlier. And then also, when, when Lamar dies, there's that split second of, oh, man, poor guy. And then it's you know he switches off um so so yeah Wyatt Russell is the son of Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell so that is confirmed I just checked it so yeah a very talented family very talented actor. what a star-studded um, family yeah, that is we, we love we love to see an actor who can be bad so bad they're not not likable but like we love to hate them you know and I think John Walker someone we're all loving to hate but again mm. like you said there are those moments where you do kind of feel for him and I think that is what makes him more well-rounded um but in the grand retrospect of things like we are not necessarily like feeling for him like like at, yeah. at the end of the day he he is very much the villain uh, at least right now especially with Carly who we are getting a lot of like oh maybe you know maybe she has a point you know to her motives um so yeah, that's that's episode five or four. I didn't four. have really Easter egg things, but I just wanted to bring up yeah, two yeah. other parallel moments that I saw. Yep. So obviously the one being the most obvious one, which is when uh John Walker holds up the shield um and you know uses it uses it to smash the guy's head in. So graphically, yep. obviously this is mirrors the moment in Civil War when Steve holds the shield up over Iron Man. And, you know, Tony has this moment of when he shields his face, he thinks that he's, you know, really going to go for his head. But said he, you know, makes the decision to just take out the Iron Man suit and he goes for the um, his uh, heart in the middle. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And just, you know, breaks the suit so Tony can't fight him anymore. And, you know, Mm -hmm. that's also the vast difference between John Walker and Steve Rogers. And the other one that I want to talk about was right from the beginning, when I saw the title of the episode, The World is Watching, it brought me back to the moment. I don't know if you caught on, if you also noticed this still, but it immediately brought me to the line that Okaye says. Okoye. Okoye. I keep saying it's the it's okay. the second vowel I keep saying wrong. Okoye says um, 
in Black Panther when T'Challa is fighting Claw in um, Korea and he's like, every breath you take from me is mercy. And he says, she says, my king, the world is watching. And we look around to the same exact scene that John Walker's in. We look around to a sea of people who all have their phones up. And in that moment, T'Challa decides to, you know, give grant this guy mercy, you know, just instead of killing him right there in the moment, you know, he's going to take him in and and handle and deal with him behind closed doors. And, you know, it it's not only just to say, like, look how much of a better person T'Challa is than John Walker, because he made the decision to just kill him, kill the guy right then and there. But it's also just like, wow, the luxury, it's, it's also, you know, brings up a discussion of race of like, this mm-hmm. is like the luxury that a white man, he gets to make this public, public mistake without anyone stepping in or he you know like we were talking about before he he might just get a slap on the wrist he might face serious consequences we're not sure but he makes this public mistake and there's barely any outrage compared to if t'challa a black man had decided to kill claw in that moment it would not have gone over as you know um, right. nicely almost, I mm-hmm. want to say for him. So those were just yeah. the two parallel moments that I wanted to address before we wrapped it up here. Yeah, that, that, those, those were great parallels. I didn't think of the Black Panther one, but like, it makes sense. And I, I will, I am very fascinated. Like we talked about, like, what will the repercussions be? Will he just get a slap on the wrist and like get to keep going? Or we, we know the shield ends up with Sam and Bucky somehow, at least that's what the trailer said. So it'll be interesting to see how that happens. Um, any last thoughts, predictions, anything? I think Sharon's the power broker. I'll go on record right now. (laughs) It's got to be. It's got to be the one thing that really layers her character into this story and and makes her really interesting. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, we'll see. All right. So, Kels, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at Kelsey A. Kilpatrick. You can find me on TikTok at KOZ13. Or you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, KOZ Productions, Cause Productions. That's right. And you can find me at Dylan underscore Randazzo on Twitter at Dylan Randazzo 4017 on TikTok. I said I'd make a TikTok this week, but busyness and everything going on has been so busy. So I will make one eventually. And then here at the Dill Pickle Movie Network, we have some exciting things coming on the channel. Um, this Friday, we will be getting a new episode of the Great American Film Off where we'll be talking about Oscar snubs. So the best picture snubs, actor snubs, actor snubs, actor supporting and actress supporting snubs um, of all time. And the Oscars, we're talking about people who weren't even nominated for the Oscars. Um, that'll be on Friday. And then um, next week, uh, or this weekend, actually, is Sunday. Uh, so uh, six days from now, you will be getting, on April 18th, the Pickle Awards, which is my own awards show. Uh, if you're listening to us now, if you're listening to us later, the Pickle Awards have passed, but it will be on YouTube, so go back and watch it. Uh, Kelsey will be one of our presenters who will present an award. Uh, we won't tell you what award that is yet, uh, but it is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> there's a little hint right there, um, <laughs> if you're watching on video. Uh, so stay uh, stay tuned. If you want to vote for the Pickle Awards, there's an audience award. You can vote. Uh, there's a link I'll put in the description of this video if you're watching this video and it is in my other video uh, on my channel the dill pickle movie network you can find the nominations video where i go through all my nominations uh and there was a link below for to vote on the audience award please vote because it's a lot of fun and uh i want you guys to have a voice because i don't want to just be giving out awards to my favorite movies i want you guys to be giving out awards to yours um so kelsey will be one of the presenters as well a bunch of hosts from my other shows of frame wreck picture this all that jazz uh so please uh, watch the Pickle Awards on April 18th here on the Dill Pickle Movie Network. If not, uh, then we'll see you next week. 
on the 19th i will officially be 23 then <laughs> and uh, we'll be back for more marvel stuff so uh we'll see you next time bye guys <laughs>